0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened, your tray table is in an upright and locked position, and that you are ready to get weird and think different. Please prepare for takeoff. I had a dream today. It is Thursday, it is February 17th, and we are back with another episode of Destination Different. We have a couple weeks left, a few weeks left to get in your love letter submissions. So if you missed the last couple episodes, if you've missed what's been going on with the show, Destination Different has been entered into a podcast contest. It's called PodCash with an S dollar sign. And it's where this company called Racket is giving away up to $100,000. It's distributed amongst the winners. It's not all to one person. But $100,000 in total prizes to up-and-coming podcasters. People who are not big celebrities. People who are not these multi-bazillion listened shows. Just regular average people. Regular average podcasters. And I know... A thing or two about regular average podcasters. I am the definition of a regular average podcaster. And so all you have to do, one of the criteria for this contest, one of the ways that I can win, I really think that I can win, is that the listeners of this show, fans, have to write a love letter. So it'll get all linked up in the description, but you go, it's 280 characters, it's a tweet. That's as long as it takes. Couple words. I love you, Ryan. Destination Difference is the best show ever. I think you should win the money. Bing bang boom. Done. And it's a it's one of the criteria for me to win some money. For me to be sponsored on this podcast. And so all I ask is that you take two seconds to go in, write your two hundred and eighty character love letter to the Destination of podcast. We've got a couple weeks left. I've seen a bunch of them come in. They are awesome. It has meant so much of how many people have sent in submissions, but we got to keep going. We got to keep this thing going. I really, there is no more average podcaster than this average podcaster. So I really think we can win, but I need your help. And so please, 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 please go in and quickly, quickly write your love letter. So that's it. That's my pub at the top. I will shut up about it until next week when I will continue to badger about it. But, for now, go write me a love letter. okay, this week's guest, I am obsessed with she of course, I have a soft spot in my heart for former college athletes, so my guest on this week's show was a college basketball player. she dealt with some concussions, some other injuries, and so had to step away from the game and when she did, she picked up a camera and you know some th- I think some things are meant to happen because she is. Unbelievable with a camera in her hand. So, my guest on this week's show, her name is Courtney Connect, and she is a videographer and music video director, content creator. She does it all, but she is incredibly talented with a camera in her hand. So, she was going to school and college playing basketball. And once she got hurt, she started coordinating these concerts. She was getting involved in the underground music scene in Seattle and offered to film some stuff for friends and bands that she knew. Fast forward a couple of years, she is now filming four, five, six, seven different music videos a month with up-and-coming artists from all over the country who are seeking her out to film their music videos. And her work speaks for itself. She is insanely talented, so much so that she got picked up by One Thirty Seven p.m., which is a media company to do content for them, and she has now turned her little college side hustle of, of filming musical acts into a full-time business called Connect the Dot. So this is an awesome episode. We get all into how Courtney got her start, where she thinks that she can take this videography business, where she thinks she is going to go with music videos, and how she approaches content creation. So is an awesome episode. I am so, so excited to introduce you to Courtney Connect on this week's episode of Destination Different. Let's go. When are we getting Marley and Kyrie in a music video?
1: that's funny um well marley's right here i hope they're in a music video soon i i actually found this like attack camera attachment that you can put on your dog so i'm trying to like think of a way to incorporate like a dog chase in it like someone picks up you have a mailman or someone picking up mail and the dog starts chasing them or something i think that'd be pretty cool to add in.
0: what is that like is that like a go like just like a gopro type thing that you like hang on the collar
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just strap it on to the collar or something. I would imagine the collar and um, it just holds a little like action camera.
0: All right. Okay. We got to get the dogs into, into some content. (laughs) Uh, So, so tell me about, you know, I know you, you are still pretty new to this whole sort of like videography scene. At what point did you just say like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up a camera and start shooting things. Have you always kind of been sort of a creatively minded person or, what what made you for the first time say, hey, OK, I'm going to pick this up and go shoot some shows?
1: Yeah, um, well, I had always like carried around a camera when I was a kid. My mom especially always like pushed me to get into photography and stuff, but I never really did it. I don't know if it was because I didn't have an interest in it or if it was just because my mom was telling me to do it that I was like, oh, I don't want to do it because you're telling me to. So I was a little um, little um, I'm forgetting the word on that. But anyways, moving on um my mom would always push me to be a photographer um and I feel like because I played basketball for so long I um kind of like didn't pay attention to the creative side of myself as much and then when I stopped playing basketball that's when it really like opened up the gates and everything and um I had met I had become really good friends with this artist who had done videography in the past and um I was like hey if you like can teach me some things like um I would be more than happy to film your music videos for you for free obviously because I don't know what the hell I'm doing (laughs) and and it worked out I learned a lot and uh, they also had like a really great story of how they got started in their creative career and so that really like inspired me to start my own.
0: I feel that so much because I so I played soccer in college so I, I have the you know the same kind of thing and I just I didn't write. I didn't take pictures. I didn't draw. Like I was into all of those things. And just, you don't have the time. You don't have like the brain power to focus <laughs> yeah. on it. And now that I'm like, you know, washed up old man, it's, it's like, all right, I can turn my attention to some of the, some of the creative stuff.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: When you, when you first, did you actually, for that artist friend that, you know, kind of taught you some stuff, brought you along, did you, was that the first mis- music video that you shot?
1: Yes, we actually, we shot one and it was like with this $40 stabilizer I had got. And I had actually, the whole time we were shooting, it's funny, we, um, I was using it wrong the entire time and I had no idea. So we went back and looked at the footage and it's all shaky and it just didn't look good at all. So I was like, let's shoot another one. (laughs) And so we ended up making like a whole trip with some of our friends and we went out to LA and that was like the first official like music video that I filmed that actually turned into a complete music video.
0: Okay. And looking back on that first one to, you know, you're just now, you just you know, recently dropped the, your newest video. How does it feel looking back? You know, it's not that long ago, a couple of years ago that you really yeah. shot some of those first ones, but how does it feel for you to look back and see how far you've grown as a creative?
1: It's pretty crazy. Cause I feel like, like you said, it hasn't really been that long. And I think it just like proves the point that like, if you just start doing something and you just keep practicing at it, like, you never know like where it could take you, you know, you could be really good at it. You could be like, not so good at it. And, but Hey, at least, you know, like, at least you went and tried. And um, I think like looking back on them, it just like makes me want to work harder to learn more, to make the, even the ones that I'm dropping now, like better. Cause I feel like I can always improve. I feel like a video is never really done. It's just to a point where it's good enough to like, it's time
0: to go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Could always work on it. Yeah on that first one that you, you fly out to LA with some of your friends, you wanted to like work on this. What was your process like to kind of build out the storyline? Like that's not a music video is a very unique, like creative thing. Like it's not, you know, it's not necessarily like a, you know, beginning, middle, end story. It's not necessarily like an interview. Like, you know, there's, there's a very distinct feel to a music video. So how did you go into making that first one? And is that still the same approach that you take to the videos today
1: It's definitely not the same approach that I take I guess it's pretty similar but the for the first one that I recorded it was just like I just want to get as much footage as possible so that when I go to sit down and edit it it's like I have options instead of like trying to like make things work and possibly not having a clip somewhere so like the first video it was more like okay let's pick a cool different a bunch of cool different spots in LA and at the Airbnb that we had. And let's film a bunch of performance shots, just the artist performing the entire song from start to finish so that at any point in the song, if I don't like a clip, I can just go to a different one, you know, and um, it worked out really well. But now I would say I, I would lo- love to like focus more on a storyline instead of just like trying to get cool shots that look good. Um, the first one I did that with was actually with the same artist I shot a music. The first one was um, Eternity. And that music video is called Morphine. We actually ended up winning an award for it for the cinematography, which was like out of the blue. But it was a storyline of like his inner demons. They were dressed up as masked individuals in like white ski masks. And they would follow him around throughout different spots in the video. But he would never be able to like physically see them. He never knew they were there. But obviously the viewer could see that they were there. And there's one scene specifically where like he's walking down an alley and the people are right behind him. The demons are right behind him. And as he turns back, they like go to the side into like this, these little cutouts in the alley. And that was like probably one of my favorites that we've done still to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Like, are you going into a concept like that? Is it you're saying, hey, what if we had these masked characters come and follow you around? Or is the artist sort of coming to you and saying, hey, I've got this. This is the song. This is the lyrics. Here's roughly what my idea is. Can you help me bring it to life? Like, how does that collaboration work between you and the artist?
1: Um, I'd say it's kind of a little bit of like a mixture of both of our visions. So obviously, like the artist made the song before they approached me, excuse me about the video. So it's like I always want to make sure that I'm capturing the artist's vision more so than mine because it's their song and um so usually it just goes like how we're just talking right now like we'll just sit down in a zoom meeting or on a phone call listen to the song a bunch of times and just be like hey what if we did this what if we did that and when we do that we kind of don't really have like a how are we gonna do this in mind it's just more like reverse engineering it's like okay we want to do this like so how can we make that happen with what we have you know
0: Mm -hmm. And do you go in with specific shots in mind or specific locations in mind of like, all right, I've heard this song. I think this would be dope if we shot it in a basement or we shot like, do you kind of reverse engineer it that way too of like this location would be cool. This location would be cool. And then I can kind of piece the rest of the story together.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll like try to find some spots that would fit the vibe of the video and then just work the storyline into that.
0: Yeah. I mean, even looking at some of your recent, like kind of behind the scenes type stuff, it seems like, you know, every single amazing (laughs) spot to shoot in LA. Like, it's like, all right, we're going to go here. We're going to go to the Hollywood side. We're going to go boom. And like, do you feel like you just, especially being in LA, do you feel like you kind of have like a pulse of the city now of like where you can get the best stuff?
1: Um, I think so. I feel like there's always like more like spots that you've never heard of that you could always find, or like even just walking down the street that I live on. Like, I feel like I could film a video just walking down the street in different spots that I see. But um, yeah, I feel like there's so many, I think Google for so many spots because that's how I find majority of, of all the places that we film.
0: Mm -hmm. And what does it look like for you going into prep, like going into, you've now kind of got the concept maybe even taking a step back, like you kind of have the general flow of it. Are you building out a whole storyboard? Is there like a script? Is there, how, how do you build that piece out? And then maybe we can get into like what the production starts to look like and how you get into that.
1: Yeah. Um, so usually I use like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called notion. It's like, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. yeah, it's great. I love it so much. And I'll just build um, I'll just write down all my ideas, like in a, in a table and, make like a shot list almost a list of just all the ideas without any visuals and um i'll send that to the artist and then after that i'll add in any ideas that they have Um, from there if they like want to incorporate acting scenes then we'll write we'll write out a script to make sure that it's not like we come to film it and it's like okay what do we say (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Um, and then like vision boards i actually haven't really done vision boards before but I think it would be a great way to tell the story to the artist beforehand and um, just kind of let them get a feel for what like maybe the edits will look like a little bit. Um, mostly, most of the time, I'd, I'll just take pictures of the locations that we're going to and be like, Hey, this is a vibe. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then, so you kind of sounds like you have like, you know, run of show of sorts, like here's, here's basically what we're trying to get. And then as you go into producing it like okay shoot days come in shoot days tomorrow here's what we're going to go like how do you build out that plan of what the day looks like from shoot one shoot two shoot three like moving locations I I don't know I I assume you're probably not the only person who's like bringing this to life so bringing other people in like how do you start to build out what the actual
1: production looks like right it's like a lot of it's a lot of communication with the people that are going to be there right if like the artist is bringing friends if like I have another videographer showing up. Um, I have like a person that always comes with me to help with cinematography so that the cinematographer has to be incorporated as well in that plan. And really like how it, how I do it is I like once we've figured out three to four locations that we're gonna pick out, I'll go on my Google maps and I'll figure out, okay, how long is it going to take to drive to each of those locations? Because in LA, you really have to account for like driving time, especially if you're booking like a peer space studio or something. People who manage those studios, they're pretty like on time. And if you're not in there, like you're losing time that you paid for and they're not going to give it back. So it's mostly like trying to guess the traffic and then um, building out a schedule like to the best of my ability. And then also keeping in mind that there's going to be impromptu things that come up. There's going to be, someone's going to be running late. Like, and you can try to account for that stuff, but it's inevitable. It's always going to happen. So it's just like keeping an open communication with everyone that's going to be there.
0: Yeah. And so it sounds like you have a cinematographer who's who's always on set with you. Are you, I always play this game with people of like, explain it to me like I'm five. Like, are you always the person like behind the camera, actually the one shooting and filming? Or are you sort of more the puppet master who's, hey you point the camera there you you know walk here like how do you what is your role on on the day-to-day right,
1: right. um i would say it's a little bit of both it's um because the cinematographer is also the person who has been teaching me everything from the jump so a lot of the times um i i'm pretty good at getting like performance shots i would say is one of my strong suits and like setting up the frame and stuff um but when it comes to b-roll i definitely need more practice with it and that's where like I'll hand the camera off to them and I'll be like, Hey, I think you would, you would get a better shot at this. Let's see like what we can get. And I'll, I'll try it as well. And then we'll pick whichever one works mm-hmm. out better. Um, so it, the camera gets passed to different people. Um, it's not just me filming and it's also not me just like being like, Hey, can you film this? You know, yeah. a little bit of both.
0: and I've seen like you have like a drone operator who's come in and helped you out and stuff. Do you fly a drone as well?
1: Yes, I do have a drone. I love the drone. It's so much fun. Um, The one that I have, it like basically flies itself. I just have to like kind of steer it a little bit. Um, And there was one video that hasn't come out yet. Actually, I'm still editing it where a drone operator like came and got great shots. And we went to, I am forget, it was the art museum in downtown LA where all the light posts are. And we got in so much trouble for flying the drone there. The guy kicked us out. I was like, that's lame, but at least we got the shot. So it didn't matter.
0: Do you have, I was, I meant to ask you about that. Cause I saw your little video of security coming over and giving me <laughs> yeah. a hard time. Does it like, obviously if you're buying, if you're like renting out a studio space, that's one thing you're kind of paying for like, Hey, I'm going to show up here and rent the space, but like public domain, sort of like the outdoor art museum. Are you mostly just like showing up and and hoping for the best?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You know, if like when I would be in Tacoma and Seattle, it would be much easier to go and like scope out a location unless it was like super far away. And I would be able to get a judge of like, okay, are there going to be a bunch of people walking through here while we're trying to film or is there security or, you know, any problems like that. But in LA, it's kind of hit or miss. You can either like, it can be really busy or, you know, you just kind of have to pick and choose uh, your spots and just kind of hope and kind of be willing to really work around uh, things that pop up.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause I mean, even that, that one video where it's like security's coming and chasing you down and you're like, all right, well, at least we got, at least we got the footage and get <laughs> yeah. out of here now.
1: Yeah. Cause what are they going to do? You know, like, right. They make you delete it. They can't, like charge you with anything we're not trespassing so
0: yeah and with the artists how are they finding you you know you obviously have like you know have a website set up you have clearly you know instagram page with like you know a role of experience but are you finding these artists are these artists finding you what is sort of the like inflow of of business for yeah for your work
1: i would say like tiktok is the main main place that is cooking for me right now Um, I haven't really been posting consistently so it hasn't really been there recently but I posted my first TikTok and that hit the 40 page and I booked every video that I've released since October was booked from that one TikTok so it's insane because TikTok really puts people in front of your face that you want to see so Whereas Instagram, I have to go search through hashtags and all of these posts and go and message artists myself, which I still do because it's like I still want to reach out to some other, other artists that aren't on TikTok yet. Um, but I, I love TikTok for bringing artists to me. That's like the main way I do it.
0: That's crazy. How many, how many videos or how many shoots have you done since that initial video in October?
1: I think it's been eight or nine and four of them. Are still being edited right now. So four of them haven't come out yet.
0: Got it. And how are you building? Obviously, it's it's probably a little bit flexible in how it, it comes in and out. You know, maybe you have some work, some months it's you doing three different projects, other months it's a little slower. In general, are you trying to build out a schedule of like, all right, I'm gonna want to do two videos every month? Like, what does that look like for you of sort of building? the biz I guess like a business plan of sorts for like projecting out what you're gonna capture over the course of a year or six months or whatever
1: yeah yeah I always aim to I beforehand so before this year I didn't have a full-time job I was doing this doing music videos um only I just graduated school so I kind of just had some time to kind of figure things out and um I, sorry, I'm totally spacing right now. will <laughs> leave the question.
0: Of course. Do you, are you building out like that plan for how, you know, how many or how often you're doing some of these?
1: Right, right. Yes. Okay. So beforehand, I would aim to do four to five um, a, a month because it's like four weekends in a month. You can do two in one weekend probably if you really plan it out well. And, um, so I would try to do that and have them edited by like the next time I shot again. Um, but now I have like a full-time job and I'm working for a media company. So I'm creating videos like during the week. And then now it's like kind of my goal to get like two or three a month to still like kind of balance myself, um, with work and not getting like super burnt out from doing all of these different things. Cause I'm also like trying to do a podcast. I feel like It's a great way to like consistently deliver valuable content to people. And with TikTok being the main way I get artists, I want to have as much consistent content on there as possible. Um, So like taking little clips of like podcasts and stuff would work super well for me. But um, I think like trying to get two or three videos a month is my goal right now. And hopefully it'll be working out in these next couple months. Yeah.
0: From a financial standpoint, and we don't have to go into like super deep specific details, but how, how are you thinking about this from a finance standpoint? Like are, are people paying for these? Are they, uh, are are you doing some of these Are you like, I really want to get this artist. I do this one for free. Like, how are you thinking about that with your work and sort of building out like what it looks, what does it cost to, you know, there's, there's costs associated. You have equipment, you have, people you're working for you have renting space like how does it how does it work from like a financial standpoint building right, music right. videos
1: um i i do charge for music videos people do um pay for them so i'll have like a set price that is the minimum and then after and that comes with like however many hours it takes to get the video done and the video edited like there's no i don't really like break it down into packages as much it's just like if you want the drone then it's a little bit extra if you don't then it's this um and then like when it comes to renting out spaces and stuff like that i always just kind of like run an invoice where it's like the minimum and then the studio space is like on top of that because i don't have a budget that i'm working with to like be able to pay for these studios out of pocket so it is kind of like up to the artist. Like, hey, if you really want to do this, we can work it out. We can like figure out the cheapest way possible, but there is going to be additional costs associated because I can't pay for it up front. Um, and then, like, from a growing standpoint, I definitely want to get into like NFTs in Web three, and but that's like down the line once there's like a solid community built and everything like that.
0: Yeah, it's funny, like. Even looking at the, you know, one of your recent clips, like you guys are in this awesome studio space that like the newspapered wall, there's the one where you're like kind of got the cars and the lights. In those types of environments, are you bringing lighting rigs or fog machines or whatever, or is that kind of provided in the studio space?
1: Um, for that one that you're talking about, there there was a fog machine and lights provided Um, I don't personally have a fog machine, which I have been looking to get one just for like outdoor stuff at night. Like, I think it'd be a super cool thing to have just as details in a video. Um, But lighting, I do have my own lighting that I'll bring just in case, because you never know, even if like you're shooting something during the day and that's what you're planning on getting as a day shot maybe things run over time and, and, you know, it ends up being nighttime and you got to have lighting. Otherwise you're not going to get it. The Do
0: do you have an appetite to move outside of just music videos or like, do you think it's really helped you being so laser focused of like, I do music videos. I'm the person who you go to, if you want to make a music video, like, has that helped you? Or are you looking to expand beyond that?
1: Um, I think so far it's helped me, um, but I'm definitely, someone who likes to do like a million things at once. So because I get bored very easily and um so I want to do more uh, like studio vlogs with artists um to like I would love to eventually do documentaries but I want to start with studio vlogs and kind of capture like the documentary of a song being created and then me and the artist we go film a video for that song and then you really have like the whole creation process of the song that you can go and watch on my channel on the connection channel or on the artist channel, whichever one it ends up going to. Um, and so documentaries is like, is definitely where I want to go eventually, but with music videos still being there.
0: Yeah. Still being part of the story. How, how has it been building these relationships with artists? Cause obviously if you want to do documentary stuff, you got to like, sort of, you know, build in more of that, that relationship. What has that been like for you of building relationships with these kind of up and coming?
1: artists it's been it's been really fun because for a lot of artists that I work with it's like one of their first music videos or their first music video that they're making and that helps a lot because I'm still really new to this and so it's really cool to like take what I know and like just try to provide like the best experience possible for someone who's this is their first time shooting a music video so there's a lot of people especially in LA like videographers who will show up, film for you, and then leave. And you're lucky if you even get the finished video and they don't just take the footage and take your money, you know? Like, there's a lot of risky business, I guess, going on in L.A. And I just want to be, like, a person that the artist can count on and you're not really just showing up with to film with your videographer. It's more like you're just showing up and hanging out with your friends. And in the meantime, you're, like, also creating something really dope.
0: Yeah, it is I mean, I say this, I'm like, this is selfishly part of the reason I started this podcast is I'm like, I talked to all these, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs, creatives. I'm like, I just need a couple of these people to blow up. I'll say, I'll have the first interview with them. And then we can look back and be like, yeah, remember when this person was like slumming it and just getting started. And now they own a multi-billion dollar company. And I'm going to take, you know, my 1% cut if they give it to me.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Do you have any like? Do you have any artists that you work with that you're like, holy shit, this person is an absolute rock star. Like, he's gonna just be a stud in the next like two, three, five years.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. There's like a handful of the artists that I've worked with that I like firmly believe in. They will be, at if not at the top, they'll be damn near close. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
0: And for you, like, has it always been? Have you always been interested in in music? Like, obviously, again, it's it's something that is a very specific type of content of music videos of like, have you always just been a music junkie and like into music? Like what, what started you down that path?
1: Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I've always loved music. I, um, I loved pop music growing up and then I got into hip hop, like junior high, high school. And then in college, I also got into EDM music and then I started going to, between like high school and college, I started going to festivals and live shows and concerts and stuff, which I had gone to as a kid, but obviously it's different when you're more grown and you experience things differently and you're not really going to a Jonas Brothers concert. You're going to like an actual music festival, you know, would
0: you do a Jonas Brothers music video though? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Just checking.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And what I really, what really made me want to start doing music videos was I loved the live music scene and I wanted to create relationships with artists um, through music videos and also use the music videos to build a brand and have, the, have it eventually evolve into being able to throw my own music festivals. And that's what I really love is like before the music videos, before I picked up the camera and I was like in between that spot of like not playing basketball anymore and still figuring out what I want to do. I was hosting. I was helping my friends host underground shows. I was hosting parties in my house where people would just come and I would book like local DJs to just come in and play their music. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. And so to do that on a bigger scale would be like the dream. Yeah.
0: For, for you, like, is it, what, what's it like stylistically or strategically shooting a rap music video versus a hip hop music video versus a like, you know, alt whatever music video, like, how do you think about that in the type of genres and, and flexing between those different places?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, I like um, to not stick like my YouTube channel to one specific genre of music videos for, for that reason, because I feel like there's different aspects to different genres, right? Hip hop is more um, flashy, kind of more like fast edits. Um, I also have some songs on there that are like slow and singing songs and um. It's more of like a beach vibe or just like chilling. And I also have, I also feel like EDM music, I really wanna dive into EDM music videos because you can do a lot of stuff with trippy special effects and like stuff that you can't, you don't really see in mainstream music videos because it would be so in your face. But with EDM music, that's already kind of in your face. So I feel like you can get away with doing more trippy special effects that people don't really see.
0: Yeah. Do you have a preference right now of like, okay, I love doing this is my favorite genre to do at this present moment.
1: Um, at this present moment, I've been enjoying like the sad boy type music because you can get really cinematic and like um, do like, I love color correcting videos. It's like one of my favorite parts. So you can do like really like murky, like doomy type of color correction. If those are the right words to describe it. Um And so I've been into that. I also hyper pop has been um, on my radar as well. I did the music video to a hyper pop song and that was a lot of fun. Um, So that's another genre that I really like as well.
0: Okay. Is there, I always like asking people these questions. Is there an artist or a band out there that you're like, if I could do one music video for anybody, this is who I want.
1: Yeah. I would love to do a music video with Billie Eilish because I feel like it would be nearly impossible to get her to agree to let someone else direct a music video for her because she directs them all herself. So I love her style of music. Um, especially the when we all fall asleep, where do we go? That album. Um, so I think that would be really cool to create like visuals for. But again, like it would be so hard to get to her like trust on a vision that I feel like if you got it, that's like sick that's really crazy
0: you've you've peaked if you get if you get Billie eilish's seal of uh creative approval
1: yeah Yeah. okay some people would probably disagree with me but all right
0: all right we'll get you we'll get we'll get clip this get Billie eilish get this on her radar
1: tiger tiger (laughs) (laughs)
0: um and then as far as like uh things outside of the music video world you know you talk about wanting to do documentaries and kind of like, you know, following these artists around, but are there, you know, do you have any interest in film or TV or, you know, videos that are kind of, you know, just outside of the music space?
1: Um, That's a good question. I haven't really, I've been actually approached by someone to like help direct a game show. And I didn't really know how to respond to that. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to even direct a game show. I don't know how to do that. Um, So, I haven't really thought about that, but I think if I were to do get into anything other than music, it would most likely be like movie type stuff because TV is, um, although euphoria, I've been watching euphoria recently and that's so cinematic. The cinematography is crazy.
0: Yeah. That that whole show is like music video vibes kind of. Yeah.
1: So if it was like a television show with that type of vibe where I could like really go crazy with the cinematography, then I would definitely be interested. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are there, are there people like, that's a great reference. Like, are there people or shows that you feel like you kind of define your style off of?
1: That's a good question because I feel like I haven't really developed the style yet. Um, I've been asked that, I've been told that before, like an artist will message me and be like, Hey, I love your style. Like let's work. And I'm like, yeah let's work but like I don't know what my own style is yet like I'm still fresh into this but um I definitely think I draw from like the shows that I've seen the movies that I watch as a kid um or the movies that I watch now um I think those definitely play a huge role in like even it subconsciously you know without even me even knowing
0: yeah creatively right now like are there whether it's influencers directors artists like billy like are there are there people that you look up to that you're like well oh, i like that look i like their style i like what they do creatively
1: yeah um there's there's a bunch of people especially in the music video realm um cole bennett is killing the game on lyrical lemonade so i definitely look up to him um, Daniel Jordan and the guys at overcast in Arizona which is where I'm from um, they're doing an awesome job I love their music videos so I definitely like look to those channels for inspiration um and then outside of that I'm trying I gotta I gotta look up this guy's name real quick there's a director it's horrible I don't know his name off the top but he directed Interstellar
0: oh um, James Cameron no let's see oh it's not popping
1: up Christopher Nolan
0: Christopher Nolan yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah. my one of my um friends put me onto that film I was really late to the boat on Interstellar but that and Inception is like crazy to me so I love Christopher Nolan's directing yeah
0: okay all right I like that you mentioned uh, obviously moving from Arizona to LA was that a career move that you were like, all right, if I'm going to be in the video space, I'm going to be doing music videos. I got to get out to LA. What prompted that move from Arizona out to LA?
1: Um, It was, I had met this group of people who were a mix of like artists, photographers, producers, engineers, and myself and um, my best friend. We were looking for people to like connect with, to kind of build a group with um and they wanted to live in LA and at the time like when they first suggested it I was like LA is not really my style I don't like LA I don't want to live there but I was like you know what I feel like LA is either something that people try to ignore or they get scared of or it's like people in the creative industry I I mean um and I feel like it's just something you kind of have to like tackle can't be like afraid of it or be like oh I don't like L.A. because blah, blah, blah. Um, But I the point was to be a part of a collective. Once I moved out here, we were all going to live in a house and make music videos, make content, like build everyone's career. But once we moved out here, um, the person who like had put it all together, like kind of pulled the rug, things didn't really fall through the way they should have. So my best friend and I just decided to get a place of our own. And we said, fuck it. We're just going to do what we were originally planning to do, just ourselves and it'll be a lot more expensive than what we were expecting, but it'll work out and it's worked out so far. Um, The only thing that is pushing me to leave is like the San Andreas fault line. It's like on a timer, but um, other than that, it's been, it's been really great.
0: Yeah. Have you found like being in LA where it is such just a creatively driven place that that's like opened up even more opportunities for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, opportunities like even the job that I'm in right now if I would have never moved to LA I would have never been able to take the job because they can only hire in su- certain states I don't know if you've heard of 137 p.m it's like a blog yeah it's not a blog that oh my god don't clip that don't kill me <laughs> <laughs> hear that it's not a blog it's a media platform
0: um, it's not a blog <laughs> yeah
1: um so I would have never been able to uh, take that job if I wasn't living out here um so that's like a blessing in disguise um even though you know the original plans didn't work out um it's been great I've had artists hit me up that flown into LA that I probably wouldn't have been able to work with if I wasn't out here because I feel like more people are willing to fly to LA than they are to like Phoenix or to Seattle maybe not maybe you know I'm wrong on that one, but I feel like LA is just more of a, an attractive place to bring artists in.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm very curious because you are somebody who's gone from, you know, you've created your own business. You've built this entire thing. And then you now, you, you almost did it in the reverse of how some other people do it, where they kind of like are doing the side hustle. And then like they quit their full-time job. You yeah. took a full-time job. So tell me about that and how you got hired at 137. And you're now doing, you know, you're doing content creation, you're doing video editing, you're doing, what is it? Like collectibles content, like all of that stuff. Like how did you land that? And how does that fit in with all the other work that you're doing?
1: Right, yeah. Um, So what happened was someone from the team just had randomly followed me. It was one of their music content creators. um, And they saw that I was like putting out consistent content on whatever I was putting content on at the time. I think it was music, a little bit of trading cards, but not much. and they just messaged me and they said, hey, we're, we're looking to hire people. Um, and we see that you're already making content. We see that you're interested in similar topics. You should apply and just see what happens. And so that's what I did. I applied. Um, I talked to a couple of the people on the team and um, they told me I had originally applied for like the music content creator position that they had open, um, but they had filled it by the time my interview came around. And I was like, hey, I'm into trading cards. I do collectibles. And they're like, oh, that's what we're looking for. Um, so that's just, I took on that job. And I was like, hey, maybe down the road, I'll be able to create additional content to just more than just collectibles, maybe like music, whatever else I, I felt like. Yeah.
0: And how have you liked that so far? Like, uh, you know, what what does for the normal everyday person, what does creating collectible content look like for you?
1: right um it's a lot of it's more sitting at a computer than i expected as a kid it's like as a kid i was like i, I don't want to have a desk job i want to mm-hmm. have a desk job and then i'm like i'm gonna be a video creator and it's like 90 percent of the time You're like i kind of have a desk <laughs> job <laughs> yeah um so it's like a lot of just doing doing research Um. because there's a lot of false information out there um most days or not most days some days i'll just go into the card shop and flip through cards and like just record what i'm doing film what i'm doing and then that'll be like the content for the day that i'll put out um, yeah that's mostly what it seems it's a lot of just finishing one thing and then switching places into my apartment going <laughs> onto my laptop and then creating content on something else so it's it's um it's really fun honestly and is it
0: all video that you're doing for that too or are you doing other types of content on that front
1: um i'm doing mostly video i'm doing they just had me start doing these things called google web stories which if anyone has a website like you should definitely get on because it's a lot of organic reach it's like simplified articles like just three sentences on each side kind of like an instagram story Um, and i'll use those as like scripts for videos so it's like i'll sit down in the morning create these google web stories and then by the time lunch rolls around film these videos on these google web stories that i just created edit, and then put them out.
0: Got it. And are you putting those out on your own channels? Are those going out on the 137 channels? Where do those things live with you in them or that you've created?
1: Um, they go out on 137 PM's channels first. And then after they're put out there, then I'll put them on like my own. Um, recently, I haven't been great at keeping up with my own social medias, but um, I plan to you know, start taking all the stuff from 137 and migrating it over slowly.
0: Got it. That's I mean, it's it's super cool. And how has that how has that changed? And you mentioned earlier a little bit of like, you know, you scaled back from instead of doing five music videos a month, you're maybe doing two or three. Have there been any other changes as you've now gone from like full-time creative, you know, you're still obviously full-time creative, but full-time running your own thing to now working for somebody else. How has that sort of changed your lifestyle?
1: Honestly, like the way it sounds, it would sound like it it's, like, taking a step back on my own, what I'm doing, like, building for myself, but it's actually been, like, the opposite. While I haven't really been putting out as much content on my own stuff that I would like, it's, like, I get an insight into seeing how, like, a really, like, well-structured media company is running behind the scenes, and it's helped me be able to, like, okay, how do I want to, like, build these music videos past just the music videos you know so in the time that i've been working for one thirty-seven p.m i've like i haven't been putting out as much music videos as i'd like but i've also on the back end like been building a website that i want to post articles to that's like highlighting underground artists and teaching people about web3 and nfts and and all of this other stuff and it's like i would have never gotten to that point if i didn't start working for one thirty-seven p.m and it's like that will push the music videos past just being music videos on a YouTube channel. I'll be able to have a website and really build like a community around that.
0: Yeah. It gives you like a sense of like how to build the infrastructure and the foundation to like build, Not you know, it's not just, I'm going to go out on Saturday and shoot a music video. Like you kind of have the full, the full ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I got, I, mean, I got to ask, how long have you been into trading cards and collectibles? Has that been a lifelong thing? Like what, how'd you get into that?
1: Um, as a kid my, my parents would bait my brother and I into doing chores with like packs of cards and so as a kid I, I collected a lot of Pokemon, a lot of basketball cards, um, a few like of my favorite players from other sports Larry Fitzgerald, Randy Johnson, um, people of that nature and then as I got older I got You know, I I got into junior high, high school. I wasn't really focused on collecting cards or playing cards. I was just like being a kid and growing up and doing whatever. And so they kind of just got pushed to the back shelf in my closet. And then um, when the pandemic hit, or slightly before the pandemic hit, I found Gary V's content and his. I found 137 PM as a result of Gary V's content, and as a result of finding 137, I found this awesome podcast called card talk which like is the guys from 137 p.m talking about Mm -hmm. cards and everything you need to know about collecting cards and so I had once I had found their content I was like oh my gosh I have all these old cards and and then you're seeing like these million dollar sales for cards I'm like ah maybe I should go back and look at my own check through that yeah (laughs) yeah so that's exactly what I did I like flipped through my own collection for like two weeks figured out what I had and right as I was about to submit some to PSA, the grading companies shut down because there was supply chain issues and things of that nature. Um, so I had just started like making little videos for my own YouTube, for my own Instagram on trading cards. And then now I'm doing it for 137.
0: That's cool. Were there any, I take it there were, you know, dozens of million dollar cards in that uh, pile in the back of your closet?
1: If there was, <laughs> I would not still be in an apartment in my life. <laughs> No, I found a cool cool a couple of cool ones, but it was like the ones that were more valuable, I guess I really liked as a kid, so I was playing with them more, and they had more damage and stuff. So they're like cool to have in a collection, but not necessarily to make some profit off. they're
0: it. not they're not the million dollar buy a mansion yeah. uh, ticket to to escape. I um, and have, has that now like you know, as now that you're creating content around this, like has that put you in this world of like going out and you're seeking to like buy and trade? new cards like or, or is it more so what does your interest level in that look like
1: yeah um I'm definitely like back into like full-on buying cards Um the problem I have is I like to buy cards that I really like and so I'm more on the collector's side I don't really like to turn around and flip the cards but mm-hmm. I am getting better at that I'm figuring out that there's some cards that you can just make money moves on and there's some cards that are meant to stay in the collection so um getting there and like making it um like not a full-time thing I shouldn't say but like a part of what of the content creation is like actually going out and like dealing with these cards and being a part of it is important because otherwise it's just me sitting from you know like outsider's perspective talking about cards and it's like why are you doing that when you're not participating
0: right like you got to build that trust of yeah you're actually going out and doing it and looking at the cards
1: yeah and i feel like it helps too because um since i do like so heavily want to incorporate nfts and like the blockchain into the music video business plan it's like there's a sort of collection like sense that comes with that i should i guess i should say there's a like people buy into nfts because they want to collect some things. They want to collect things digitally. So I feel like starting with these cards and the physical stuff that kind of gives me the background of like understanding the supply and demand when it comes to collectors and flippers and things of that nature.
0: Yeah. Have you always been entrepreneurial? Cause I feel like every thing <laughs> you've mentioned so far, I'm like, all right, she started, you know, our video business. She's gotten hired off of a whim. She got, you got the the trading cards. Like, ha- have you always been, you know, super entrepreneurial?
1: Um. I I'd like to think so Uh, when I was a kid I had like this little notebook I I should ask my mom if she still has it it was like my little invention notebook and I would just write out these like insane ideas that could never really be brought to life but it was just cool to imagine as a kid that I could have you know for my dog like this little machine that could bake its own treats and and give them to my dog Um, just like weird things like that um, that I would kind of invent and write down that was also like a big garage sale kid i my parents would have garage sales of all the stuff that we had in our house and it was they made a deal with me like whatever you sell you can keep the money for i was like bet i'm gonna go sell (laughs) all of this stuff and um lemonade stands my one of my basketball teammates and i when we were like eight years old we started like this business called the weed whackers or we would just go and pick weeds out of people's yards for like 20 bucks and split it 10 and 10 and go get some lunch
0: (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) I was I'm like, you had to have been like, you know, slinging lemonade or something as a kid. Cause every single thing you've mentioned is like, all right. Yeah. I learned the money cards and everything is, is leading to that. Um, on the on the other side of things, I'm also curious for you, you know, you've over the last couple of years built up this being behind the camera, shooting the music videos, you know, you're the one sort of directing and, and moving the pieces. How has it been for you now turning the camera around and filming yourself being the one who is the content. And do you have a preference of one or the other?
1: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have a preference of being behind the camera. Getting in front of the camera is like, I'm a very shy person in real life. I don't really like socialize a whole lot. I have to really push myself to go and like be a social butterfly, you know, and go out and talk to people. So that's definitely something I've had to adjust to is like kind of just swallowing insecurities swallowing whatever and just getting in front of the camera and and doing what needs to be done because at the end of the day if I don't create the content nobody else is going to sit here and create it for me so it's you know just kind of something I gotta suck up and just do it and I've definitely I feel like I've gotten more comfortable in it since I've started um even like when I first started I probably could not have sat down and like done a whole podcast episode like this I would have been nervous and not know what to say and, and you know
0: Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you've you've gotten (laughs) over that, over that thing. Like, was there a, was there a moment? Was there a thing or was it just kind of like, all right, I got to force myself to turn this camera around, look at like, look at this phone and create, like, just do it. Like how, was there something that kind of pushed you over the, over the top to start like creating for yourself?
1: Um, I think it was just kind of a mix of a bunch of little things. I wouldn't say it's like one big thing that made me go and like, be like, fuck it, I'm gonna do this. And I think it was like I was seeing what other people were doing and not that I was trying to like copy what anybody was doing, but it was like, I want to see how other people are being successful at this and how that can work out for me. And majority of it was people were just jumping in front of a camera and getting their two cents on something. And so I was like, all right, I'll start out for like the first content i made it was just doing like these dumb little tiktok trends like and posting them on on tiktok and it was just so random had like no um direction to it at all like i wasn't even trying to make it like my my tiktok about music or about trading cards it was just like whatever trend was going on i was just going to try it out just to make myself comfortable and like not care about oh it's only getting like three plays like what TikTok is like a platform where it's not meant to be like Instagram where your closest friends are like following you. It's more to just be yourself and like have people who who vibe with that find you. And so I like just had this, these random TikTok trends that I was doing. And then eventually it was like, okay, I'm going to sit down in front of the camera and and say something instead of just mouthing words. And then it just like slowly evolved from there.
0: All right. All right. All right. I just have one last we'll call it my last heavy question for you here. Do you have, like, as you think about, you know, three, five, 10 years down the road, like, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for connect the dot? Like, what does that look like for your business? Like, where do you, where do you sort of see things growing towards over the next couple of years?
1: Right. That's a great question. Definitely a heavy question. Um, in five to seven years I hope that connection is like its own running functioning media company obviously like with me like at the head of it I want to be like involved with it as much as possible I do want to like have um, bring other people on to like help create content and build really like build a team Um, I would love to eventually at that point like from five to seven years down the line like definitely have NFTs incorporated Um, definitely like be either working on or have like a space in the metaverse to where people can like meet up digitally as well as have physical locations where people can also like meet and collab and connect and like just get to know each other um, in physical spaces as well. Also, I would love to, um, the main goal of Connection is like to be able to keep underground artists I shouldn't say underground, just to be able to keep artists in general, um, like independent and be able to have them, you know, like keep their own art. I feel like record labels serve as a bank for artists and in exchange it's for the for the money, it's your art. And I feel like that isn't necessary anymore, especially with Web3, the blockchain, all of this different technology that we're seeing. I want to be able to help artists build a team, build a community and then build NFT projects. On their albums, their singles, their artwork, whatever it is, in order for them to remain independent and just build their own career instead of having to rely on these record labels and selling themselves short, you know.
0: I I love that. I love that. All right, so that's my last. I got it. I had to get it out of the way. I had to get my last my last <laughs> hefty, hefty question out of the way. So now just a couple couple fun ones. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you get to shoot at any location in the world. You pick the location where, where are you getting your greatest shot ever?
1: I think it would be in Greece in like Mykonos, Mykonos. I don't know how to pronounce it, but you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Because there's a bunch of white buildings and the water is like so blue. I feel like with a drone and an insane camera, you could get some amazing shots there.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to Greece. I like that. Uh, how many herbal mates do you drink in a week?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know. Honestly, I, I will tell you this though. I try not to drink a full one in a day. So it's not like as much as you would think because I'll drink like half of one in a day and I'll be able to get what I need to get done. And like, I'm chilling. Um, so it's probably like one every two days.
0: Okay. All right. So you take a couple of sips. It goes back in the fridge. You, yeah you take it back out. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's an, it's an odd method, but it works. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I saw you had, uh, what is his name? G Erbo slide into your DMS asking for, yeah. you know, Hey, what's, what, can we work together? Has anybody else hit you up just like out of the blue that you're like, how, why, how did you get here?
1: I'm I'm actually impressed you brought that up because that means you you've been doing your homework. So. I
0: I I do a thorough internet stalking. <laughs> That's my preparation for these for these interviews.
1: That's hilarious. Um, not like any artists on his level have hit me since that. Um, I have I honestly have no idea how he found my page, how he found my account. I don't know if it was through TikTok or if it was he just was randomly flipping through hashtags looking for a videographer in LA. Um, but. No other artist to his level has, has hit me up since. I'm hoping, you know, as I put out more, that I'll, I'll be getting more offers like that. But I ended up, we ended up not like setting up a video shoot from the messages, but it was cool that he so cool. It, he saw the videos that he obviously liked something in the videos. So,
0: all right. I like that. Your next dog. What's the next dog's name?
1: Oh, their name. I don't know their name. Ooh, I've always wanted a wiener dog though, even though I've always had big dogs and I always love big dogs. um, I think a wiener dog would be so cute. A name, I would probably name him like Scooter or something.
0: All right, okay. Uh, Favorite music video of all time?
1: Of all time? oh, I'll say the one that comes to mind when you first say that is the Hills by the Weekend. That's like- one if it's not the greatest means of video of all time, it's one of it's up there for sure.
0: All right. I'm putting that on tonight before I before I go out. Uh you could have any trading card in the entire world. Which one are you getting your hands on?
1: Uh the 1996 Topps Chrome Kobe rookie. But not just because of the value either, because it's just such a clean card. And if you can find one without any damage or, or greening, that's like insane.
0: All right. We'll get a Colby card, uh, and then last question. So I end every episode of this show with the sign off of "Stay weird." So Courtney, what makes you weird?
1: What makes me weird? That's a great question. I would say, I would say, I don't even know. I do these like weird ass voices. Like if I'm feeling really comfortable around someone. Like, my, my best friend that I live with, like, I'll just start doing, like, this weird-ass country accent out of nowhere. I have family from the Midwest, so that's probably where it stems from. But I'll just start doing these weird voices, and it's like, I don't even know why I'm doing them. It's just, I'm bored, maybe, you know. You need to spice it up a bit, I guess.
0: is a wrap on this week's episode of Destination Different. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Courtney for coming on this week's show. I feel like I say this every week now, but Destination Different, I must say, has a fire intro and outro song. I feel like I need a music video of me with my headphones, my mic, sitting in my closet, doing the podcast, and I need Courtney to make it for me. So huge thanks to her for coming on the show. She is insanely talented. I, she's like so young, so gifted, so, so good. And you can just tell how hard she works to, to build, her, build up her brand, to build up her you know resume, to just shoot, shoot, shoot. And it is so damn impressive. So I'll make sure we get her all linked up in the description of the show so that you can follow her. You can get yourself a music video. You can keep up with what she's doing in the content world. Like I said, we got a couple weeks left. Love Letters can keep pouring in. It's 280 characters. It'll take you, I don't know, 10 seconds. Take 10 seconds out of your day to help the Destination Different Podcast win podcast. To win a sponsorship. I really think we can do it. I really think it'll be the ultimate validation for a podcast that has been running for two and a half years now that has interviewed over 100 creators and entrepreneurs that has just been hitting day after day week after week month after month with new content for you so please 280 characters it takes 10 seconds go to the link in the description and fill out a love letter for me that's it that's all we got we'll be back again next week next thursday with another episode of destination different until then stay with
1: Superpowers We fell in love For just a couple hours I can't tell the difference Between what's fake and what's been missing Often i misunderstood So I'm looking for a better me This is your love song, baby I hope that you know the words Love song, baby. I hope that you know what you were oh, 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 oh. We should take time, take time Cause